And I, I, I come to you today to speak and preach on what I believe is, I want to continue where Pastor Kevin has been, but I believe what God gave me for the assignment of this house is important before, before, uh, before the end of the year, because I believe we're going into the new year with fresh oil. We're going into the new year with fresh oil. So before you get seated, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. I got the phone call the other day. And actually, was I was just talking to Pastor Kevin, and he and I were talking, and he was saying that he was his family was headed out of town. Uh, his sons were were uh, his son who who is Jeremiah, who is in uh, Washington. Uh, he's going to he was going down to Florida, and and he was going to preach today, and then head down. And I said, why don't you just go? Like, come on, somebody, like 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 like, why don't you just go? So, so, so he, he, he heeded the counsel of uh, this lowly campus pastor and he got on a plane and flew himself out earlier than he was going to so that he was able to spend some extra time with his family. So that's why he's not here today. So let's just, let's just be grateful though that we have a pastor that puts priority in his family. Come on, somebody. Amen. So today I come to you out of... 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Don't discount what you have. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't discount what you have. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. So look at your neighbor say empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Father, I pray right now, God, that your anointing would be upon me, the anointing that makes preaching powerful, Father. I pray, God, that there would be none of me and all of you that comes forth today. I pray, God, that there would be a chain-breaking anointing. I pray right now in the, mind, in the minds of your people, Father, that there would be a, 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 a reprioritization, Father. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that eyes would be opened, that fruit would be bore. I pray, God, that the word that comes forth would be deposited in the hearts of the hearers. And I pray for a shift over this house and over this region, Father. I pray, God, right now that when we walk out of this place that we would be so oily, Father, that we would be so oily that, that everywhere we went, God, that people would not be able to deny that we were vessels full of oil. 
in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated. So I wanted to speak on what I believe the Lord has for us because we've been in the vein of the anointing. And how many know uh, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke? How many know that it's, we, we've been learning about the anointing and, and we've learned that the anointing is the power of God, but it is represented through oil here on the earth. Uh, there's uh, scriptures that teach us that we are to put oil on our hands and, and lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. It's not my hand nor the oil. It's what it represents. But the oil is representation of the glory. The oil is a representation of of, of his presence and right now I believe in the time and the day and age that we are living in we need the oil more than ever I can't live my life without the oil we shouldn't live our lives without the oil people are like do you need the oil to get to heaven I need the oil to get to the 7-eleven I went there this morning at 4 a.m. and got some coffee because nothing else was open. And it was the most nasty coffee I ever had in my life. And I needed the oil. I needed the oil this morning at 4 a.m. But let me tell you something. If we think we're going to live this life without the oil, we are sorely mistaken. And we have stopped preaching about the oil. We've stopped teaching about the oil. We've stopped talking about the oil. Oh, no. We, we come into church and we, we sing a fast song, a slow song, hear a homily, and we go home. No longer are we preaching what it takes to, to, to have the oil in our lives. We've all heard about the oil, but today I feel like my assignment is to give you some, some prerequisites for letting the oil flow. Because the oil just, it just doesn't flow flippantly. God does not waste his oil. God does not waste the oil on, on, on flippant things. God does not waste his oil on foolish things. God does not waste his oil on foolish people. So today I want to give you a few things and I'm going to get out of your hair, your extensions, your weave, whatever you come in with. I'm going to, but we're going to have, I, I feel like this deposit needs to be made because this house is shifting. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. You know, I like, I like watches. I like timepieces. I like clocks. I like old school clocks with cogs. I like old school clocks with cogs and gears. And, and you know, in order for those things to run correctly, you have to have what? Oil, right? And the, I, the Lord, as I was, I, this isn't even my notes. This is, you, this is just, you, this is extra. But I believe that there's a timing thing that's happening in this house. Because I'm telling you, there's a timing thing that's happening in this house. And God says, I want to pour my oil out on this house because the church in America is running slow. Oh, God help me. The church in America is running slow. And the Lord is pouring his oil out on this house because I believe there's an alignment that's going to take place. And Kronos and Kairos are about to collide. I know that you want me to be a preacher, but I'm more of a prophet than anything. So just take it and then put it in your pocket. If you don't want it, save it for later. But I want to just go ahead and we're going to break down some things real quick. And that way we can understand what it takes to, to host the presence, to have the oil. Because it's, it's, it's where we're going. I don't know what, what God has in store. I don't know what's coming. 
I don't know what's coming in the days of 2024. I know we, we shout about doors. We, we, we shout and do all kinds of, I mean, come on, we're, we're charismatic. I had to tell people yesterday at the Thanksgiving share that we had to be careful not to scare people away. We was handing out turkeys and we was about to have a fire tunnel. But where we're going, I don't know what is in store. And I believe we have to be prepared. God is preparing his bride. So if you're taking notes, I just, real quick, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, let it flow. Let it flow. If there's a title to the sermon, it's let it flow. Let it flow because it's a necessity. It's a necessity. You could have oil, but if it's not properly stored, if it's not in the proper place, it will not flow freely. So let it flow. In order for oil to flow, if in order for oil to, to, to begin to flow, in order for oil to be present, there must first be a need. And you have to be able to identify that there is a need. Now, Unfortunately, we are living in a day and age where I believe the church has been so contaminated with the world and it's cross-pollinated with the world that I believe that, that the church doesn't even know that there's a need for the oil right now. They're going about their days, they're going about their lives, they're coming in and, 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 and they have hired out their worship, they have hired out, oh God help me, we, they've hired out their worship, they have hired out their praise, they have hired out uh, 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 clowns, bozo to clown instead of youth pastors and children's pastors. And they have no need for the oil. And the reason why is because they cannot identify the need. God is not going to pour oil out if you don't know that you need it. So we read this story and a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that there's a, your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. She sees the need. She sees the need. Now, I was going to hit you with my first point. It was going to be a doozy, but I figured we ease into this thing. But you have to have a need. You have to identify the correct need, and you have to position yourself for the pour out. You have to be in position. And the problem is, is we have people, oh God, we have people who, who are not in the right positions. They're not in the room. They're not in place where the spout is ready to pour out. I got people who come to me constantly saying, I feel like I'm called to ministry. I feel like I'm this. I feel like I'm that. But then get in the room. Get in the room. I tell people all the time, get in the room. Get in the room. If you feel the urgency right now in this season, make yourself available and God will pour the oil out. He will not pour the oil out if you are unavailable. Oh God. Oh God, we need to be available for the glory. We need to be available for the anointing. His eyes search to and fro for someone to stand in the gap. Someone willing to get messy. Someone willing to, to allow the oil to be poured out. Let me tell you something. The oil is not uh, uh, just a little, we've talked about this. The oil is not a little dabble, do you?
when you are, are when you are operating under the oil of the Lord, it is noticeable. And then you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision because people will, will question you. People will begin to think you're crazy. People will begin to, to see the oil on your life and you have to say, is, am, I, am, I, am I ready for this? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And you have to ask yourself that question. I want you to ask yourself that question. Because, because when you get the oil on your life, when it saturates your life, first of all, you look different. You look different. Go ask Jehu. Go ask Jehu. I almost preached this message about Jehu today. But, but you go ask Jehu about the anointing. He said, he said, the prophet said, go, go anoint Jehu, king over Israel. When you do, go, go ahead, wherever he's at, take him in another room. And I want you to pour oil all over him. And then, and then run. And then run. Get out of there as fast as you can because when, there's, there's a, when the anointing is in the room, oh, come on, somebody. He gets anointed. And it's not a little dabble, do you? It pour, he poured, the prophet pours the oil all over him and he walks back in the other room with the other commanders that were sitting and they say, what happened to you? Nothing. Nothing? What you mean? What you talking about, Willis? What you mean? He says, he says, he says, no, 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 you lie. You're a liar, Jehu. What, what happened to you? He said, I've been anointed. Because when you're anointed, not only do you look different, but you smell different. See, when you walk in rooms, when you're anointed, the fragrance of the oil that's on your life, when the fragrance of the oil on your life is smelled by those around you, that's the smell of favor. That's the smell of favor. But favor comes at a cost. You know, we used to preach that thing, favor ain't fair. How many heard that? Favor ain't fair. You run around singing it, favor ain't fair, favor ain't fair. That's actually, I, 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 don't, I don't really subscribe to that. Favor ain't fair, no. The, what you don't know and why you think it's unfair is because you don't know the price paid for the oil. You know that story about the woman with the box of oil. She broke that box of oil and the disciples, it says, became indignant. They became mad. They said, whoa, 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 that's a waste. What are you wasting that oil for like that? Do you know what you could do? You know how much money we can make off that oil? I'm telling you this, everybody around you will become indignant because they, they, it's easy to become angry with people who break their box when they weren't the ones that paid for the oil. But we are living in a day and age where the oil, you have to have the oil. And when it's on your life, it sets you apart. So there's a cost to the fragrance. There's a cost to the oil. There is a cost to all of this. There's some friends that are going to smell you and say, you're too pungent for me. There's some people in your life that, 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 that oh God, thank you, Jesus. How many got kids in this room right now? How many got kids who ride around that are in your car? I'm talking about young kids that drive riding in your car. Everything that they touch gets on everything in the car. I just had to have a, my, I just had to pay my, for my car to get detailed so I could use it to drive people around at Ruach. 
The guy looked at my car and he said, well, my God, where does the child sit? I said, he sits in this seat. He said, well, then how did that get back there? What in the, but, but that's what happens. And there's some people in your life that ain't gonna want you around because what's all over, it's gonna touch everything. They, they don't want your fingerprints in their car. They don't want your footprints in their house. They don't want you touching stuff because of the residue that you leave around and behind you when you walk around. But you gotta know that there's a need and you have to be positioned for the pour out. You, you have, oh, and let me say this, the measure of oil that God will pour into you is only equal to the need that he can trust you to pour the oil out into. I got a bunch of people saying, pour the oil on me. I want the oil. I want the oil. I got to have the oil. I want the oil on my life. I want to be able to be noticed that I have the oil, but they want the oil for all the wrong reasons. Too often we, we have people asking for the oil, but it's for their own personal gain. Let me just say this and get it out of the way. The oil ain't for you. The oil is not for you. The oil is not for you. The oil is for, be, for being poured out. And I got people that we hear and I talk to all the time that say, give me the oil. I want the oil. I want the oil. And the Lord, I mean, I, when I was writing my notes, when I was writing my notes, the Lord said, too many people running around asking me for the oil, but have no intentions of pouring it out. They got people looking like peacocks, spreading their feathers, looking at saying, look at me. I got the oil. Listen to me. I got the oil. Look at my vessel full of oil. That's not a need. That means you're needy. That is not a need. They want the oil, but they don't have a need. They're needy. Ask your neighbor, are you needy? Are you needy? You ain't needy, are you? You needy? You ain't needy, are you? No, no. But it's, that's not a need. That's not a need. And we have, we have needy people wanting the oil for their own affirmation. They want the oil so that they can be seen. But I, I said it before. I've said it, I've said, I say it all the time. Hiddenness is the greatest thing. Hiddenness is, is the greatest thing. When you have a desire to be hidden and the great, your desire to be hidden is greater than your desire to be seen. That's when the oil begins to flow. That's when the, ask David. Oh, he on the backside of a sheep field, slapping his hands together, praising the Lord until they're red. Uh, he wasn't even thought about. He wasn't even brought into the house when the prophet came and said, where's all your sons, Jesse? He said, these are them. And they said, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, I, he almost made a mistake pouring the oil out. And he said, you can, no, 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 no. There's one more. Oh, it's that guy out in the field. He's hidden. He was hidden. David was about hiding in the presence of the Lord. We have people who want the oil so that they can put it on display as if it were some sort of commodity, as if, as if it were something that you could be, that you can market. The Lord says, you can't market my mantles. You can't market the mantle. It's not for you to market. You see, you can't, you can't have a desire to be seen. You cannot have a desire to be seen because the oil is not so that you can be seen. It's so that people can be set free. Yeah. 
God said to me, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a cistern. This place is gonna be a cistern. Do you know, if you don't know what that is, it's a deep hole in the ground that, that holds things. Uh, it's, or large jars, large pots, a cistern. And the Lord said to me, this is gonna be a cistern of oil. This is going, I'm telling you, we was in worship and the Lord said there's ancient wells in this place. This is a city of ancient wells, but we've allowed religion to cover the well. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We've allowed religion to cover the well. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. We've allowed religion to cover the well. And you say, what does that mean? What, what, what are you saying, Chris? What are you saying? I'm saying that, see, religion is about itself. I, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about spirits. I'm talking about principalities. Whenever I talk about things like this, you have to, be, you have to understand what I'm speaking of. I'm not speaking of people. I'm not speaking of people. I'm speaking of spirits. Because a, the spirit of the enemy wants you to rely on something that can do nothing for you. And by doing so has become a lid that the oil cannot be poured out into the vessel that is set before him. So when you, when you allow yourself to be consumed by religion, what happens is the lid gets put on and you are walking around void, empty, saying and acting like you have oil, but you are completely depleted. And when you cast that spirit of religion out and off, all of a sudden the lid has come off your life and freedom comes. Oh, because of the oil. So it's, it's to set people free. It's to set people free. It's to set captives free. It ain't for the platform. Too often we have associated the oil and the necessity for the oil so that we can get on a platform. But let me tell you something. There are the, let me say this. The ministry that happened in that parking lot yesterday was far greater than the ministry that can happen in this room because it reached people that will never darken the doorway of what happens in this room. Come on, somebody. So, the, come, yeah, that's right. So when the oil begins to flow on your life, it's not for the platform. It ain't even for this room. You want me to really blow your mind? You want to really blow your I'm gonna, I'm going to say a thing. And I, I'm going to say a thing. You really want me to blow your mind? This room is not an outreach center. This room is not where we do our evangelism from. We don't say, come ye, it says, go ye, right? And so when you get oily and you leave this place, it's the oil on your life that when you touch others begins to set the captives free. It's, oh, come on, somebody right now. When, when you begin to lay your hands on the lives of those out in that parking lot and chains begin to break, that's true ministry. I said it yesterday to everybody out there. This is not a place that you come to, to just uh, be, receive ministry from a minister. This is a, this is a place that you come as ministers to be equipped for ministry. So there must be a need. That's my introduction. There must be a need. And, and you know, one, one thing I think we have to look at is that the need was that there was a creditor. You say, you say I don't, I'm, I'm in good standing with the bank. I'm not talking about that kind of creditor. I'm not talking about that kind of credit. You're like, oh, I got a 750. Well, bless God. You got a 750 credit score. No, it ain't about that kind of creditor. We all got a creditor. 
Everybody in this room had a creditor. Everybody in this room owed a debt that they weren't capable of paying. Oh, Jesus, help me preach this. Jesus, help me preach this. We all have had a debt that we cannot pay, but because Christ died, come on, I got some, oh, Jesus, help me, help me. Now, I know we're not a church. I know we're not a church that when we come here, we think that we're doing God a favor. I know we're not that kind of church, but there are churches out there with people in them that think that when they come to church, they did God a favor by showing up. There's a scripture out there. It says that, that they're, and, and, and it's, they're gonna stand before Jesus and they're gonna say, did I not cast out devils in your name? Did I not do many miracles in your name? Did I not do all these great things? What, what, the, what, what do you see the theme there of? I, 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 you did nothing to get there. Come on, somebody. You did nothing to get there. You did nothing to get there. He did everything to get you there. And, and we have this debt that we weren't capable of paying like the sons of this woman. There was, there was this debt that could not be paid. And, and, and the oil is proof. The, look at your neighbor and say, the oil on my life is proof the debt has been paid. You see, he's, Pastor Kevin taught it, right? He said what? He said that Jesus had the anointing without measure, right? Right? He had it without measure. Well, he had it on the, uh, this earth. And let me, let me say this. You cannot take the anointing with you when you leave this place. When you give up the ghost and you say, all right, it's, I, this is my time, I'm out. You can't take it with you because it must stay here on this earth. Because you're not gonna need it when you get to heaven. You're not gonna need it when you get up there. You're not gonna need it. But let me tell you, you have to have it while you're here. And when Jesus ascended, when he went to heaven after he had died, he was, he was crucified on a cross, he was buried, he rose and ascended. The proof was the oil. The proof is that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He had it without measure, and when he ascended, he, he bestowed upon us, each one of us, a measure of treasure. He said, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. I want you just to do this real quick. Look at your neighbor and say, I got the receipt. I got the receipt. I got the receipt. Somebody needs to, somebody's not believing it. I got the receipt. I have the, re you have the receipt. You're a recipient of the oil. I got the receipt. The debt's been paid. The debt's been paid. And it's your understanding of this that will allow it to flow. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Now, I know now this was going to be my first point, but I figured I'd be sweet and we'd go into this thing softly. And those who know me, I, I, I'm, I, when those who know me, I jump in head first. But, but, but for the sake of those in the room to not think I'm absolutely insane, I'm going to go ahead and soften the blow just a touch. With, there's a need. But, but the second point, if you're taking notes, in order for the oil to flow, something has to die. Yeah, it's rough. I know. I know. It's okay. Pat your neighbor on the shoulder. It's going to be all right. I know it's things, but it's going to be all right. You see, we read that scripture and there was a need, but what, what, where did the need come from? Where, was the, where did the need come from? The need came from because her husband died. And you say, well, that's pretty, that's ugly. That's not nice. 
That's ugly. Well, over in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says what? What does it say in Genesis chapter 2, 24? It says that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, right? So when I read this text, it signifies to me that there are parts of you that have to die in order for the oil to flow. You see, uh, we don't like to talk about these things. We don't like to talk about these things in the church. We think they're mean or they're ugly. We think that they're not nice. We have to be careful because that's the gospel. That's what Jesus preached. You don't believe me? Luke chapter 9, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily to follow me. If he had to be crucified, then we as his, his, his people, we as his children, we, we as his people, hands and feet in the earth, how do we expect to walk in power without our own crucifixion? I know it's not popular. I know it's not, you know, uh, uh, seven ways to, to your favorite blessing. I know it's not, I know it's not, you know, uh, we're going to jump up and down because, because your bills are all going to get paid. I know we ain't talking about, you know, uh, uh, this is your best life now. I, I know that, this, but this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Because if you don't deny yourself, if you do not deny yourself, then you are not qualified. You are not qualified to carry the oil, the anointing. There is no reason, you have no business laying hands on people if you are not willing to die to yourself. You want to be a minister, but you're not willing to pay the price for the oil. I'm, it's going to get better. I promise it's going to get better. This is that part of, this is that part of uh, Space Mountain that, you know, is kind of, it's going to get better. I promise it's going to get better. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Not just fruit, but much fruit. I got a lot of people right now running around in the church today that are living off of fruit, but it ain't much fruit. And, and let me tell you something. We've mistaken gifts and fruit. We've mistaken gifts for fruit. You see, when something dies, when you die, it's impossible to get up here. It's impossible to stand on spot four and open your mouth and just let a gift out. Because the death of you is the prerequisite, but the death of you is what causes you not to operate from the gift. It's what causes you to operate and reach down deep for the oil. I've heard good preachers preach great messages that lacked all power. Oh, Jesus. I've heard great worship artists sing great worship songs without the oil. I've watched great musicians get up on platforms and play, and they're phenomenal, Nashville-style musicians. I'm talking about people on people's records, but they're hirelings. They're hirelings. Let me tell you something. Oh, they're hi I have to say it. They're hirelings because they're... See, that's what happens. There's an exchange that takes place. Oh, Jesus. There's an exchange that takes place. You see, you have people who are gifted. 
You have people who are gifted and there's an exchange that takes place of resource. There's, they're paid for a gift, but see the oil's not for sale. The oil, you can't sell the oil because the oil don't belong to you. You gotta be careful. So if, that, if you're not, you're, you got to be careful that you're bearing good fruit, good fruit, much fruit, and that your fruit is not confused with your gifting because it's setting you up for failure. It is setting you up for failure. Do you see the theme here, though, of death? Do you see the theme here of things having to die in order for the oil to flow? The reason why you have to die is so, or because the love for others has to be greater than the, the love that you have for yourself. You see, that was the pleasure of the enemy. What does the Bible say? Prefer others over yourself. Bless those who curse you. Uh, oh, come on, people. The oil, the oil will cause you to bless those who are coming after you. Those who are maligning you, you'll let the oil do the talking. You'll let the oil speak on your behalf. You'll let the oil stand up for you. You'll let the oil, you'll let the oil speak. You'll let the oil speak. You'll let the oil say what your words can't. There's, the reason why death is a prerequisite is we become so full of ourselves, there's no room for the oil. And we have to get this thing right. We have to thank God for the crushing. I know we're getting real quiet. I know how to kill a shout. Everybody was like, woo, and now we're like, oh God, no. It's okay. There's a gas station where you could get by, by Pepto-Bismol on the way out. But I'm serious. We have to thank God for the, the crushing. We have to thank God for what he's doing in our lives. I know we don't like it, but the Bible says he chastises those who he loves. It said, it said what? The Bible says what? It says, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Go ahead and put go go ahead and think that through for a second. Jacob I love. Look at all that Jacob had to go through in his life. Look at all the hell that Jacob had to go through in his life. And Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated, and Esau had all the blessings. Esau had all these wives and all the and we don't never hear about the hardships of Esau, but you know what, e, what Jacob had to go through to get the oil, to get the limp. And we have to be careful that if we're not, and if we're not careful, we will not, we'll stop thanking him. We will not thank him. Last, the other day, Saturday, we were, I was standing there and we were in the house doing some work and little Josiah was outside on the back deck and he was, he was just outside in his pajamas and he was walking around in circles. Just, I don't know. He just likes it outside. Uh, he likes it. He, he got all these allergies and everything, nose running out, you know, ragweed season and everything. But he's just like, just walking around, nose just pouring out, sneezing all over the place. And he was singing this song. Thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. And he goes, dad, why am I thanking him for pain? Why am I thanking him for pain? Why am I? Because when you thank him for the pain, you are, you give thanks in all things. And when you begin to give thanks in all things, it's that you have opened yourself for all of the oil that God wants to pour out in your life. Because oftentimes the pain and the purpose for your pain is to produce the oil. Because this watchman knee, watchman knee used to say this. I could sit on a pew my whole life with someone, but never be able to touch them lest I've gone through what they've gone through. That's right. That's right. We got a lot of preachers 
that have never gone through anything. We got a lot of people that have never gone through anything sitting next to people who are broken and hurting and they can't even minister to them because they have no oil. Point three, in order to have the oil, you have to be submitted. You have to be submitted in order to have the oil. We read this story and she goes to the prophet. She goes to the prophet with her problem. She understands she has a need. She, she has gone through the pain of death. And now she is, she is going to the prophet under submission and saying, what do I need to do? I have an issue. I need the hand of the Lord to move in my life. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you, submission, the lack of submission in this day and age, the lack of submission in this day, we think we saw a pandemic. The lack of submission will cause the church to be dry the lack of submission will cause the church to be godless. The lack of submission will cost us everything. What is the point of coming into this room? What is the point of lifting your hands? What is the point of coming? I mean, y'all, we don't have no late services. I mean, you got to get up early. Some, some, people, some people come up, get, I mean, like seriously, you got to get up early to get up in this house. But what is the point of doing that if you're not submitted and I'm not talking about to me, I'm talking about to the Lord. The things that God has asked you to do. The things that God is telling you to do. I'm te I, I, I hear it all the time. I've, happened, I've had it happen in my own life. God, I need an answer. I need an answer. I need an answer. And then he gives you the answer that you don't like. You're like, I ain't doing that. You're crazy. The devil get behind me. Satan, you get behind me. We, we refuse to be submitted to the word of the Lord. We refuse to be submitted to the Lord. And we think God's going to move outside of our obedience because that is an indicator. Obedience is an indicator of submission. And we see this woman who was, who was told to, to go, go get empty vessels. Go get yourself, go, go have your sons go get some empty vessels. Go get some vessels. Now I got some vessels up here. I got some vessels up here. The prophet said to go get some empty vessels. And I think it's important that we recognize that. That what she heard from the prophet, she did without question. And too often we ask questions as if, as if God didn't mean what he said the first time. It reminds me of the story of the rich young ruler. He asked the answer a question that he didn't like the answer to. He said, what must I do to be saved? And the answer gave him the answer. He said, you have to sell all of your possessions and, and everything you have and come and follow me. He said, I cannot do those things that you've said. I cannot do that. I can't do that. And the issue was that the that he didn't own the things, the things owned him. But obedience will cause you to have to make, make great sacrifices at times. And we do not, I mean, think about this for a second. 
her kids were not going door to door asking for a, a handful of sugar. They were not going door to door asking for an egg. Give me your empty vessels, as many as you can give me. I need all of your empty vessels. What? And this is before recycling. So they, well, she wasn't, they weren't turning in their cans for five cents a piece. They were going door to door asking for vessels, empty vessels. And, and we sit here and, and we read this story and, and we don't understand what was actually happening here. We don't understand what was really happening here, but it's the empty vessels was the key. The empty vessels is the key. You see, in order, point four, in order for the oil to flow, the vessel has to be empty. It has to be completely empty. You see, God said when I was writing this out, people get proud of their vessel. They get proud of their vessel. But the prophet did not put a premium on the vessel. He did not give, give prerequisites for the vessel. He didn't say anything about what the vessel had to look like, what color the vessel had to be, how big the vessel needed to be, if the vessel came from a poor house or a rich house. He didn't say it had to come from this denomination or that denomination. He didn't say the vessel had to come from a long line of vessels that were known for having oil in them in the past. The man of God just said it had to be an empty vessel. It don't matter what the vessel looks like. It doesn't matter. You can have brown vessels. You can have green vessels. You can have black vessels. You can have gold vessels. You can have top vessels. You can have all different kinds of vessels. You can have royal looking vessels from rich houses. Or you can have one made of wood that came from no place in the gutter someplace. It don't matter where the vessel came from. Let me, I almost got myself, I almost, I almost did this. And now that I didn't, I'm, I need to listen to the Lord next, next time. I almost got myself a bedpan because it don't even matter what was in the vessel and what it was used before it was empty. Just that it's empty. Just that you are empty. And I'm telling you, there's something on this right now. I'm telling you, we are going to be empty vessels for the Lord. God is doing something in this house. There, this house is full of people who have tried it other ways, who have gone other places and wanted the oil. But I, and I'm telling you, when you got here, you wasn't sure about the loud music or the spitting preaching. But I'm telling you right now, something shifted in you and you said, empty me of me. Empty me of me because what was poured in didn't work. Empty vessels of all different shapes and sizes. Look at your neighbor say, you're sitting next to a vessel. You're sitting next to a vessel. You're sitting next to a vessel. Yo, yeah, somebody, you're not getting it. You ain't getting it. Look at your other neighbor because they didn't receive it and say, oh, I'm looking at a vessel right now. I'm looking, I'm looking, and I see vessels all over the room. I see vessels that are ready for a pouring, an outpouring of his oil. I see vessels right now. I see vessels all over this room. Oh, I see miracles, signs and wonders all over the room. Yet I said it from the front and to the back. I see vessels. Oh, thank you, Lord, for what I see. 
high sea vessels. Oh, God, thank you for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now. He didn't say oh, what the vessel was used for in the past mattered. He just said that, that it had to be empty. And the value, oh, thank you, Jesus. The value of the vessel is determined by its contents. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. The value of the vessel is determined by its contents. Now, I got all kinds of vessels up here. You see this right here? This is a, a half a cent bag. You know, how many people heard of a widow's mite? Yeah. Yeah, like less than a fraction of a penny. Yeah, this is a widow's mite bag. This right here is worth nothing. It's worth nothing until you start putting what you bought in it. And then it becomes valuable. And then it becomes valuable. You see, the value of this vessel is nothing. But when you start, oh, that's right. When you start putting some stuff up in here. Yeah, who's been at a grocery store over the last few months, right? How many know what groceries are right now? Yeah, that two-cent bag, I tell you what, it becomes valuable when you start taking them $250 worth of groceries out to the car. It becomes valuable because it has a use. Because now the value of the vessel is holding its car. Oh, come on, somebody. The Lord said, he said, go get yourself a ring box. You know what this cost? Oh, this one might be a little bit more expensive because it's pretty when you open it. But, but, but this, this is pennies on, on a dollar compared to what it holds, right? This has no value, no true value. But I tell you what, oh yeah, let, 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 it, let you be at a restaurant or go over to Sunset Rock and you see somebody pull one of these out. Oh yeah, oh, but the, I tell you what, the lady who, who's standing before the man who pulled it out. Oh, she ain't shouting over the box. She's shouting over what's inside. The value of the vessel is determined by its contents. She starts crying before he ever opens the box. She knows the value before the box is ever even opened. Oh, God. Oh. And everybody around you knows that something valuable is inside the vessel. The value of the vessel is determined by its contents. Oh, and it don't matter what the vessel looks like. That's why then the Bible says, therefore, go into the highways and byways and bring as many as you can find and invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found. There was no prerequisite. There was no prerequisite. Oh, I know we're going a little bit longer than we normally do, but oh, I got to get this out. If I don't get this out, I'm going to have indigestion. Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I'm telling you right now. Oh, thank you, Julian, for helping me. Oh, Jesus. 
before, oh yeah, this is my last point. This is my last point. We're going to go to the buffet. This is my last point, and we'll get over to Champions and have some fried chicken. But let me tell you something. Oh, this is my last point. You better write it down because this this is, this is it for this. I'm telling you, this is where I believe a, the hang up is for a lot of people in this house. Oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus, help me. Before the oil can start to flow, you got to shut the door. I've heard this message preached all over the place. And people are like, you got to shut the door on your disbelief. You got to shut the door on them naysayers. You got to shut the door. Read the text. Read the text. Read the text. Read the text. It says that he, he the prophet said, and when you have come in, you, have, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Behind you and your sons. And it says, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me preach this. He said, shut the door behind you and your sons. Behind, 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 behind. Oh, come on, somebody. There's some things. Oh, yeah, shut the door on behind you. Shut the door. See, the oil won't flow until you shut the door on what's behind you. And the Lord says, some of you in this room today, you've allowed death. Oh, you have allowed the death of some things in your life that was and where it was necessary. You've determined in yourself that you were not going to hold oh, hold on to the oil, but you was going to pour it out. You ha have come to grips with the fact that it don't matter where you come from, on what side of the tracks, or what you look like, or what people think about you. You have become a willing vessel. You're an empty vessel. You've stepped into the house, and you've just been waiting, but you haven't been able to close the door behind you. Oh, Jesus. You got one hand in the room and the other is holding on to whatever it is that's keeping you from shutting the door. As I pray in the spirit, there's some people in the room that are making a decision right now. There's some people in the room right now. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, I could feel it. I could feel a shift. You've been holding on to some things that happened to you in your past. The pain, the trauma, the divorce. Some of you can't shut the door because you're still hanging on to every word he or she said. Yeah, that's right. There's some people in here that are suffering from the trauma because a, a person in your life who you thought was a daddy, yeah, come on, he was a sperm donor. And you've allowed the words that he spoke to you Oh, yeah, and you're still hanging on to it. Oh, God, help me. You're still holding on to it and allowing it to affect you. You're still holding on to it, and you're not letting the door shut behind you. Some of you even got kids now. You're so far behind, beyond the abuse as far as years go. And there's somebody in this room right now, the Lord told me, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, said the Lord. If this message wasn't for anybody but one person, there's a mama in here that there's some things that happened to you 
some pain that you've had to endure, some things, some trauma that you've endured, and you are, you're wondering why you're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right things. But the oil still ain't flowing. But the oil still ain't flowing. You wonder why your kids have not experienced God's glory and his grace. The prophet didn't say, have the sons shut the door. Oh, no, the prophet didn't say, have the sons shut the door. Uh, we wonder why sometimes for generation, the generations and generational curses hang on and hang on and, and, and refuse to let the door shut. But the, the, the prophet said, you, mama, go shut the door. Oh, shut the door on what happened behind you. Oh, shut the door on what died behind you. Shut the door on the pain behind you. Shut the door, shut the door. There's some people right now that need to shut the door on some things that happened in your life and when you shut the door on some things that happened in your life the oil is going to start to flow the oil is going to start to flow I see oil all over this room right now I see breakthrough all over this room right now you wonder if oh I'm telling you chains are breaking as I stand up right now there's something shifting in this house then the oil is about to flow oh shataba I want you to look at your neighbor right now and you need to say, let it go. Let it go, let it go. Uh, like Anna told Elsa, let it go. Let it go. The Lord said you let it go and it's going to start to flow. Let it go and it's going to start to flow. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's some things that happen, childhood trauma. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. Oh, yeah, that's right. You had some teachers that looked down upon you and frowned upon you and said you ain't never going to amount to nothing. You're going to be a garbage man when you grow up. Look at me now. Look at me now because the oil's starting to flow. The oil's starting to flow. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to lift your hands right now. And you need to begin to praise him. You need to begin to praise him. Oh, praise him for the pain. Praise him for the pain. Praise him for the pain. Praise him for the things that died. Praise him for being empty. Praise him for all that you've gone through because it's made room for the oil. It's made room for the oil. Oh, there's somebody in there. I'm opening the altars right now. I'm opening the altars right now. There's some people in this place. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking curse the fear of man in this room right now. I curse it. I curse the fear of this front row. You better move. You better move. You're going to miss your moment. You're going to miss your oil. Yeah, this is breakthrough. This is breakthrough for generations. Ah, you don't let man keep you back. Oh, Tabasan, Dene, Basha, Tarada, Basso, Ribu, Sande, Dene, Basha, Yah.